Good evening, friends and brethren. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Hear Art Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. Tonight, I want to talk to you about from Passover to takeover. Passover is a very significant Jewish feast that has relevant lessons for us in our progressive walk with Jesus. The Lord had hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he refused to let the children of Israel leave Egypt. God chose Moses to be their deliverer. But Pharaoh was not budging, even after nine devastating plagues had been unleashed on the people and the land of Egypt. Moses made a declaration to Pharaoh and said, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant, who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the animals. Then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. But none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against man or beast, that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get out, and all the people who follow you. After that, I will go out. Then he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. As most of you know, that night it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, all the firstborn of the livestock. So Pharaoh arose in the night, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Rise and go, you and the children of Israel, and go and serve the Lord as you have said. Also, take your flocks and your herds and be gone. The children of Israel asked from the Egyptians articles of silver and gold and clothing. They were granted their request. And the Bible says they plundered the Egyptians. Oh, it was that Kairos moment, that opportune time, and they left Egypt with more than they ever dreamed of. You see, they were free to pursue God and their land of promise. In a moment of time, things changed that quickly. Their hopes and dreams were fulfilled, and destiny awaited them. But what obstacles lay ahead? Oh, there were many. With the Red Sea before them, and Pharaoh having changed his mind, 
sent his army of chariots chasing them down, hot on their trail. God was with them. He had always been with them. They just finally woke up to that truth. Thank goodness their leader, Moses, knew for sure God was with them. Moses parted the sea. They walked across dry ground. And that wall of water just came back down on Pharaoh's army and drowned them all. Oh, I can tell you it was looking like a great future for these children of Israel. Now, this part of the story speaks to us about how Jesus' precious blood, shed on Calvary, set us free. No longer slaves to sin and the evil one, Satan himself. Now, just because we, re, re, we receive salvation due to the finished work of the cross doesn't mean the story is over. The children of Israel would endure 40 years of wandering about the wilderness because of bad choices. There were obstacles that were trying to keep them from crossing over. After they had no food, after running out, God gave them supernatural food called manna. Mm. But when they complained about getting tired of manna and wanting meat, well, God graciously sent quail down out of the sky. When they cried, just cried out, oh, they were going to die of thirst, Moses struck the rock and out came water. They were a difficult, rebellious people. Now, right before Moses died, this is what he said to the Levites. He said, I know your rebellion and your stiff neck. If you've been this rebellious while I'm alive, how much more will you be after my death? For I know after my death, you will become utterly corrupt and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you. And evil will befall you in the latter days, because you will do evil in the sight of the Lord, to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. Moses, knowing that he was about to die, inaugurated Joshua to be the new leader of this tribe of people. He told Joshua to be strong and of good courage. Now, none of the adults who started on this 40-year journey were alive. They had died in the wilderness. There's a very important concept here that we as believers need to pay close attention to. So I'm going to read out of Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. So if you'll follow with me, I'm starting in Hebrews chapter 3 with verse 5 through 19 and then chapter 4 verse 1 through 7. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, 
if you will hear his voice. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works forty years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, They shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Oh, indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. Again, he designates a certain day, saying in David, Today, after such a long time, as it has been said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Here is the key, folks. Here's the key. Verse 6. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm, firm to the end. When you are confident in the Lord's love for you and confident that Father knows best, 
and has an intended end and a great plan and purpose for your life, then you can rejoice in the hope, firm to the end. I'm telling you, unbelief is evil. We just read it in verse um, 12. It's evil. And we want no part of it in our life. That construct has to be dismantled from our mind and our heart. You see, the children of Israel lived and breathed unbelief. It clouded their ability to move with God. It was an evil canopy that hung over their heads. You and I can't afford to allow one smidgen, not one smidgen of unbelief to take root. Because that root will grow bigger and stronger with many little roots. So that plucking it out will take all the strength of an ox to get it out. Here's a recommendation. Check yourself daily to make sure that that nasty little seed of unbelief hasn't dropped down in the soil of your heart. And as soon as you recognize it, repent of it and focus on faith and God's word that says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? Now, Joshua has become the new commander-in-chief, and he's going to be responsible to get these characters across the Jordan River. So let's take a look and see what the Lord speaks to the new man in charge. And I'm going to re be reading out of Joshua, the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it, to the right hand or to the left, 
that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, I tell you, I love that. I love those scriptures. I love when he says, meditate in that word day and night. Don't let the law depart out of your mouth. Because when you do, you're going to make your way prosperous. Look, this is a key. This is a key for us. When you do that, when you meditate in the word of God day and night, and you observe, not just meditate in it, but you observe to do what's written in it, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't want to make their way prosperous and have good success. So next was to cross the Jordan. That was the next part of the journey to cross the Jordan. Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. So the waters rolled back and the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood on dry ground in the midst of the River Jordan. And everyone crossed over on dry ground. Now, how do we as believers cross over into our promised land? Pretty simple. We sanctify ourselves. See, this is the part. We have a part to play in all of this. This picture of what we have studied and what we have looked at with the children of Israel is exactly what we're supposed to do. We sanctify ourselves. What does that mean? It means we separate ourselves from worldly lusts, worldly desires, Worldly belief systems, oh, that's a key. Let me tell you, that's a key. Worldly belief systems. Worldly behaviors. We just, ugh, we separate ourselves from those things. Our attitudes, our desires, our ways, our words, our minds are to become like Christ. That is the ultimate goal, to become Christ-like, being conformed to his image and likeness, and walking as Jesus walks. That, that's what uh, John said in one of his epistles. We are to walk as Jesus walked. His nature, his likes, his dreams for our life. And that, my friends, is an ongoing process. It is. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. And we take that process step by step. You know, we just bite off a little piece at a time. 
you can't swallow this whole thing. Because if you tried, it would just overwhelm you. And it would cause you to possibly retreat. So we don't want to get overwhelmed. And we don't want to get, you know, overcome by all of this. But it's a step-by-step process. We're moving forward to the ultimate goal of takeover. When we have matured in Christ and we fully understand our, our identity and our authority. And we do not let the enemy continue to beat us up. Rather, we beat him up. So there is a process. And when we're young in the Lord, sometimes even as we're going through that process of maturing, uh, the enemy can beat us up to a pulp. But as we're maturing and growing closer to the Lord, we learn how to beat him up. So once the children of Israel crossed the Jordan, that was the hard part. The hard part was they had to dispossess their enemies. Now, some tribes were pretty successful at it, but others were not so. Some tribes were appeasers. And they let the enemy stay, reasoning, well, what harm would that do? But they rued the day that they did because their enemies were a constant prick to them. That's what the scripture says. So the message to us is anywhere the enemy has made his camp in your life, you need to kick him out completely and for good. This is also a process because some of us have many enemy camps in our minds and in our hearts. God is gracious and merciful, and he will, he will work with us to help us rid ourselves of these troublesome areas of our lives. So here's the progression. We pass over to cross over to take over. And that's, again... This is a, a lifelong process. It's not an overnight kind of thing. Now, we can speed that process. Sure, we can. We can speed that process through more, spending more time with the Lord, spending more time in his word, spending more time around godly people, uh, getting good teaching, getting good um, ministry, Sometimes people need ministry on the side to help deal with some, some of these enemy camps that have kind of entrenched themselves in our minds and hearts. And that's fine. We all need help because we've all come into this world with a lot of baggage. There's not one person, there's not one human being See, don't, don't look at yourself like, oh, I'm the only person going through this. Heavens, no. Because there's not one person in the earth that has not come with tons of baggage. And we've got to dispossess that baggage. Just as the Israelites had to dispossess the enemies from their promised land. But see, if we don't, if we just, if we're happy to have them there, you know, trust me. They're going to be a prick to us one way or the other. They've got to go. You've got to realize that. 
You've got, you've got to have recognition of that because they've got to get out of your life or they will make your life hell. So we pass over to cross over to take over. So I want to pray for you. Lord, I ask that you would give us wisdom and discernment to know how to begin this process. Put mature believers in my life that can help me grow spiritually. I want to be able to cross over, to take over. I humble myself to see my need for you. Thank you for loving me and helping me become more like you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I hope this helped you. I really do. The Bible is just so full of great, real stories that speak to our heart. So I bless you. Well, you can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast. Or you can download the iHeartRadio app and just go to the Pure Heart Ministries podcast and easily listen to this podcast any time of day or night. And, of course, I'm going to keep bugging you to email me, please, at lowercase letters, dawn, D-A-W-N, at pureheart.today. And always, always, always keep praying. Saints, keep praying. Prayers do make a difference, and I know that. So thank you for praying for this ministry. And I'd love for you to help this ministry. You can send your donation. You can send that check to Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. That's Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. Well, I certainly do look forward to being with you again next week. This is John Noble saying, Shalom, Shalom. Peace be unto you.